Precious Father, we thank you tonight for yet another time to come together. Thank you for the privilege you grant to us all the time to be the house, not just a household, but the house, the full expression of your spirit. Thank you for the word you bring to our heart tonight and the demonstrations of your spirit that you cause us to walk into this week. We say ahead of time that the things that ought to be said will be said. The things that ought to be done will be done. And your son, Jesus Christ, is glorified as we are edified alongside the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Before you sit down, I want you to, in a warm way, great way, appreciate my friend and the chief host here, Reverend Gilbert, his wife, and also especially Pastor Josh and his wife uh, for being great people. They've hosted me a couple of times, and what a great host they are. And the entire leadership of this church, the ministry, the everyone working, all the pastors. Come on, please appreciate everyone for me. And of course, yourselves, go ahead and do that. I also came with my friends, Pastor Somi and Pastor Kyle. They're my friends. We travel together. They pastor different churches and also co-pastors in our churches in Lagos, Pastor Wale and Pastor Sheung and then Sister Sin. We're all together here. Come to have a great time with you. Amen. You have your seat now. Praise the Lord. Now, what a great week we had ahead of time. Amen. What a great week we have ahead of time. Praise the Lord. First Corinthians in chapter 12, and uh, we'll set the tone tonight, and uh, we'll just yield to the Holy Ghost, uh, and, and we'll just flow with the, the, the theme of the meeting. First Corinthians 12 and 1, and we will be looking at something very crucial, and we'll, we'll trust God um, to, to teach, and sometimes, you see, uh, usually I found out that, and, and that's just in ministry, not many other things in life, that we're usually prone to an extreme. Now, an extreme is not just an emphasis, it's when you emphasize something at the detriment of something else. It always happens, and it's, it's in human nature to be like that. You know, it's the way we are when uh, your wife meets you and you meet your wife and you say, that's the greatest man I ever met. And your parents are looking at you like <laughs> that I've never seen anyone. Your dad's looking at you, me? You know, <laughs> hey, they let it go, all right? But, <laughs> you know, and we have thoughts up like that. We just seemingly, I mean, sometimes you just, just emphasize something in our judgment of other things. It's, it's the same way you know, someone gets a hold of one truth, and that truth is the only truth. You get it? it says it, it's all about this or nothing else. And, and that happened a lot to those who emphasize, for example, I'm just going to use this, so the many, the grace message. And they say, if it is not grace, it is not God. <laughs> and, it kind of, and so they, they try to get to that. And usually, um, where that happens, you miss out in a whole lot of things. And that usually happens to all of us. We just get a hold of one thing and that's all that we believe that we should know and, you know, and, and, and that's it. But the truth is, God's word is not like that. 
So yeah, it's just one thing, and you know, and so it's almost impossible. It's not impossible. It's almost difficult. I wanted to say that to get a church or minister or ministry that is not in one extreme or the other, <laughs> because human nature is just like that. We just have one extreme. Oh, you just stay on this one, and you know nothing else. Yes, it's true. God's word has priorities, you know, but we must therefore stay in God's word. And that's why I personally, and I thank God for the kind of orientation I got from Brother Higgin, Kenneth Higgin, even though uh, people usually know him for a faith teacher. But I always tell people that if you are close by to Brother Higgin, some of the, uh, some of, no, not most of the, you know, theological, um, shall I say, tangent I've received in life came from listening to him. You know, it's not that, oh, it's, if it's not faith, it's not, no, no, no. And you see him teach across many subjects. And so you have people that say the grace message, or we also say the Christocentric message. You know, it's, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And, you know, when we say things like that, oftentimes we practically abandon the Old Testament. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And you say, and you know, such emphasis. It's all about, it's still all about Jesus. Right? No, it's not grace, it's not. You know, and, and that's something we must be weary of. Brother Hagin will say it like this that a pastor must not be a specialist. And I, I will add this to it and say, well, Brother Hagin, true. No minister should be a specialist. Second Timothy 3:15, from a child that has known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make the wise unto salvation through faith that is in Christ Jesus. 16. All scripture is given. Say all. Say all. Say all. all scripture is given by inspiration of the moment. Um, as I say, the inspiration of God. I always assume about that. Yeah. It is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Then it says, I charge you before Jesus Christ and his elect angels, uh, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing. Then it says in verse 2, 2 Timothy 4, 2, preach the word. Now when it says preach the word, now if you follow that tangent, it means preach all of the scriptures. Because there was no New Testament text when he said that. Preach the word. Be instant in season, verse 2, and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, rebuke, uh, teach, I mean, uh, Rebuke, review, with all long suffering, exhort, I mean, long suffering, patience, and doctrine. For the time will come when they will no longer endure sound doctrine, verse 3. It says they will heap up teachers after their own lusts. They will have itching hairs and heap up teachers after their own lusts. They will turn from the truth to fables. That which means that there will come a time, if you're not careful, you will go to church because you are hearing a particular teaching. When it's not taught, you think it's boring. And that's when you get to that point. You are developing itching ears. You know, you shouldn't. If I in a local church, you should be ready to hear all of God's word. Let me tell you how you will know that the church is feeding you well. When many things are taught are not comfortable with you. Like, oh my God, why is he saying it like that? See, as long as you see it in God's word, it is written there and it's explained. No matter your thinking, you drop your beliefs 
like the way we say it in Yoruba land, I'll say it in Nigeria. I'll try to see whether I can say it in your way because pastors already said something in his language I don't understand. <laughs> so I have a right to say something he doesn't understand too. You know, you draw it, drop it like hot dodo. You know dodo? Some of you know dodo. Can you imagine? So it's not, I've not spoken in tongues. That is fried plantain. You know, have you ever had it very hot? <laughs> so if there's a belief system, just drop it like that. You know, so there's no, you know, it has to be like, like, like that. You know, there was one guy like that. I put out a post on Facebook and it was about serving the Lord. So I brought out Matthew 25 where Jesus said that um, those who did not treat well the prisoners, uh, those who are sick, that he will cast them into hell. So the guy just, you know, he just, it was a very long post. So that was the only text he saw. You know, I said, sir, this text that I'm seeing, does it now, does it now mean that, that we can still go to hell? So I felt he didn't even try to get the lesson. He was always protecting not going to hell. Everything is ready. I said, yes, you will go to hell. He said, sir, ah, does this not contradict? I said, contradict what? I said, are you ready to not love people? He said, no, sir. Are you willing, are you prepared not to treat the poor well? He said, no, sir. Are you saying that you don't want to take care of the sick? I said, no, I'll take care of the sick. I said, don't be scared of a hell. He said, I know, but I'm just thinking in case. In case what? <laughs> you, know, you know, yeah, you know, there's just this thing about you must hear that thing you want to hear. It wasn't be like that. Or like entertainers that say, do you hear me? Yeah, yeah. You know, they say, oh, uh, entertainer will give you the mic. You say, tell her to me. Say, go, 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 go. <laughs> A pastor cannot do that. Do you get it? He cannot do that. He listens, I mean, he, he heeds to God's instruction to teach his word. But that's not my emphasis tonight. So, sometimes you could just, and sometimes there are things you have heard. I, I mean, as a, as a younger man, I wasn't even a Christian. My father said this to me. And my father was my role model, still in a way. And he, I mean, he was my role model. So he told me something. He said, I should never get born again. He told me. He said, that thing is a lie. I said, why? I didn't even know what born again was anyway, but there was now one cousin of ours that got born again, and really, <laughs> it didn't inspire the born again. So he told me, he said, you love your neighbor as yourself, you don't steal, you don't lie. He said, you get to heaven. He said, it's not about this. So he painted it funny. So in my head, when I see born again, I feel, it's a lie. It's a lie. So the day, I, I told him this later on, the day I heard the gospel, and I heard the gospel well, he didn't say it from the Bible, but I assumed he knew it. So as I heard it and I got born again, I told myself, I said, if my father can be wrong on this, he can be wrong on anything. That's the way I think. He was, he's wrong on the most important thing. Can be wrong on it. I told him later on, I said, you know you were wrong on this, because I eventually led him to be born again. <laughs> so that's the good part of the story but sometimes your mind is already programmed it's programmed and it's sometimes you are programmed and it's wrong you know to, to think that it's like this 
Because you have not opened yourself to read God's word. That's why the local church is that place that brings stability to our Christian work. It's a local church that you will hear everything. I pity those who follow people online. I really pity them. Their case is a prayer point. It's the truth. Because most times, when they are listening to a sermon in a church, the pastor is not talking to them. Have you observed it? That the pastor is teaching and he understands what he's saying to the congregation and why he's saying it. Then you are sitting somewhere in your room, just left the bathroom. Then I watch you say, wow, 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 what? <laughs> you are not his intended audience. I really pity them. You know, so the local church is where all that comes into mind. Everything, all scripture, given by inspiration of God, profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness. The Greek word there means to raise someone up. So, which means, you know, as believers. Now, let me say something that may, may be a little bit uncomfortable for you, but it's fine. You discover that all the epistles also had different emphasis. They did. All the epistles. There is no epistle. Now, what I'm about to say, some, some five guys may just throw a fit, but it's fine. No epistles contains all of what God, all of what Paul taught. Not one. Because each epistle was either resolving an issue or, re, or reminding the church of another issue. That's whether it's Romans, you want to talk about 1st or 2nd Corinthians and all that. What binds all the epistles together are the Old Testament books and the events of the four Gospels. That's what binds them together. So there will be things you will read in Corinthians, you will see in Ephesians. Not because he didn't teach the Ephesians. It's because the emphasis in Ephesians in the letter was different. Who's following what I'm saying here? The letters were not intended, for example, in the mind of Paul, that, that, that those letters will replace the scriptures. I'll tell you what I mean. Now, as he was teaching, whenever you see Paul teaching, he will teach the whole scriptures. He taught them all the scriptures. He taught them for days, for years. But when he was absent, issues will now come up. Then he'll write, now write letters that will bring the emphasis of the issue he wants to address. Let me say this quickly. None of the epistles took the place of the pastor. None. In fact, they were to be used by the leadership, the pastors, to pass across those instructions. I said that for a purpose. So, usually, now, that means that Paul, Paul, you know, is absent and because he can't be present, he writes a letter. But whenever he is present, he does not read from those letters. He simply teaches from the Old Testament books. And let me add this. With the events of the four Gospels as a center point. So, I'm saying this for a purpose. That a believer, therefore, must learn to read the 66 books of the Bible. Because nowhere was an instruction given by Paul, not even the devil, that you should not study the Old Testament or any book of the Bible at all. Is that clear? Good. So, which means we must be that open to read all of... Now, I do understand 
that there are a lot of error that people have delved into reading the Old Testament. But I can say the same thing happens to the New Testament. A whole lot of error. People just get there and bring something and say, if the seventh day of the seventh month, and they say, this is July, and you are in the seventh place. I remember one sister like that. She told me, she said, you know, she was born in July, July 31st. She said, she's the seventh child. Ah. She was a student of University of Ibadan, Nigeria. She said she stays in H block. That's the seventh letter, I guess. She's H7. She's his seventh member. I said, wow. <laughs> I said, you are this confused. <laughs> you know? So the, the folks like that that will go to the Old Testament to pick such things the third day, the, this one, I do. Some will even go and you know, take scriptures out of context and, you know, I get that point. But you see, because of abuse, hmm, if you neglect something because of abuse, you've done a worse damage. 1994, thereabouts, I had this thing. I was just 95, actually. I think it's five. I stopped laying hands generally. I, just, I wasn't laying hands on anyone again. I wasn't laying hands. You know why I stopped? I said, because somebody somewhere just said, some people were just using the laying of hands. They'd just be laying hands anyhow, you know? And sometimes they're just funnily critical. So they're laying hands anyhow. They're laying hands on people. They'll be saying, I, 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 you know? So I just stopped laying hands. And I was really, really, you know, and the Lord asked me. Now, I usually don't say the Lord when I'm teaching doctrine. So this is very personal. But you'll see the doctrinal part in a moment. Because it's not, it's not the Lord talking to you, he's talking to me, okay? So he said, why did you stop laying hands? I said, ah, so so and so person, see how he laid hands. So he said, okay, he's laying of hands in my word. I said, yes. I said, who is now disobeying? You are the one disobeying. It's not the Lord. It's now you disobeying. You know, and sometimes we don't want to be seen doing what others are doing because they are in error. No. Actually, it's when you do it properly that the error will be cured. So the same thing. You know, sometimes you just, you, just, you just stop doing something for whatever purpose. Look at how some folks, okay, that someone said, the moment I came to he, the business to give tithes and give uh, first fruit and give all those things that, you know, to give, to support. And, you know, sometimes about this is that the person gave it out of a good heart. I usually explain it like this. You know, there was a text that Jesus mentioned that a widow was given in the temple. Rich people came and they dropped things. And the widow, now, the story there really is that that widow was being extorted because widows ought not to give based on the law, the instructions on giving. But you know what Jesus did not do? He never said that what she did was wrong. He let us see that what those folks did, right, was wrong. But he commended our giving. Never criticize giving. Particularly if you're a pastor. See, hmm. any pastor here who does not need money, let me lay hands on you and cast out all the demons. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Do you get it? It doesn't make sense. So, some person said, I don't, nah, nah, my pastor so and so, he has preached. If you hear this one, it's not a good testimony. Someone said, I used to give a lot, I, but as soon as I heard pastor so and so, ah! I knew I was in bondage. So what now happened? I, I stopped giving. Both you and Pastor So-so and so, you are so-so and so. <laughs> yeah, because he didn't teach you well. 
That also means that you were never generous. You were never generous. Now, I say this without, without having to, you know, bat an eyelid. I have never, I've been born again for a few days. I have never given tithes before. Never. Never. And it wasn't because I heard anything. It wasn't because I was against it. No, I had never. I didn't see any basis to measure what I give. Even as a young Christian. So it's not, it has never been my problem. And I will say it like this too because it's good to say it here. No, some of you were fighting one time. I said, look, I sent this to Pastor Gilbert that day. One day I said, they did this, this, um, what do you call it? Mm, poll, survey of the churches in America. I've forgotten that figure. Can you remind me? Barely 8% of Christians were given 10th of their income. Barely 8%. Now, you are now fighting over it. That is not the problem of the church. It's not a problem. Barely 8% are doing something. I got, mm -mm, it's not a problem. Like my Egbo, elder brother, brother talks to say, so even the eight percent that are trying, want to stop them. <laughs> that's the way he says it. You know, of course, there's a way he teaches it and all that. No, the truth is that's not the problem. It's not, the truth of the matter is that many believers that I know, they are stingy. Not you. I believe God. <laughs> many are stingy. So you are not generous. That is why you stop. Why did you stop? I have never, I'll add one more. I have never needed a salmon to give. The only one that I needed, I regretted it. Because by the time I dropped all I had in my pocket, I felt bad. Because I didn't want to. And I was university undergraduate. It was my transport fare. <laughs> so I learned to do it from my heart. You get it. I've seen people give and go back and collect their offering. <laughs> and it is true. <laughs> you know. So sometimes, you know, it's hear it well. Some of us, eh, there's the way we hear the word of God that we need more prayers than the Corinthian church. You know, there's something about, have you, you know how to, uh, I, I hope I won't say nonsense, what I'm about to say. You know, when you cook, Nigeria has the best jollof rice. I know this is error, right? In your ears. But when you cook, generally, maybe stew, you know you use um, water from boiling meat to cook stew and all that. Now, there's this thing in my language. They can say, you know, when you hear, you know, when you boil this meat, usually your mom will say, you should put the water. Right? Now, they say, your ears, he hearing, pour the water away. You know, you can hear, it's, ah, you can't get it because it's in Yoruba language. They say, ah, your ears is hearing, pour the meat water away. That means you didn't hear what, you didn't hear it very well. You are used to pouring water away. So here, pour the water, you just hear away. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be away because they use it. There is a way you can hear God's word that way. They have just told you that God hasn't given you a percentage. Then you hear, don't give. How did you hear that? What did you hear? You heard that some people, oh, they will just be, they will be falling. You know, I, I, sometimes I correct my friends that sometimes in correcting what people have done excessively, you may throw the whole thing away. 
You say, so people, you just be rolling on the floor, rolling on the floor, rolling on the floor. Mm-mm. Rolling on the floor is not what is wrong. See, if the move of the Holy... I was going to say this week. People will roll on the floor. So do not... Don't because of jerks, right? Push away the original. You know what I'm saying? I don't give again. So I don't... Someone said, in those days, hmm, we'll just be praying, praying, praying for long, praying for long, praying... But thank God now. We just say, Abba, Father. Abba what? You know, say what you have heard. That's why a preacher must be careful how he corrects an error. You can, you can bring in a greater error. A greater problem. A greater problem. I'll say this. Yaka House is always privileged to hear something I wanted to say in my church. <laughs> but this one, I've said it before over and over again. You know, there was a time the Lord personally corrected me. Just a few years ago. That we had had this emphasis a lot on the spirit within that people, I'm going to talk about it here, and people literally forgot there's also spirit amongst us. We almost, and that thing, let me tell you where it usually leads to. People will not even see a reason to go to church. Everything is within. Everything is not within. You hear me say it, have you? It's not true. That everything you have it. How can you have everything? Why did you come here if you have everything? At least what I just said now, you don't have it. I said it. Look <laughs> at it. So there's, some, there's a way we can just go, you know, and you know, I had you know, percentage giving. Now, I just said something now that uh, I've never given a 10% in my life. You know, I say, that's it. What is it? <laughs> have you heard how I give? You don't want to hear it. If you ask my wife, she'll say, don't ask him. <laughs> She's used to it. You know, one day she told me, she said, hmm. She said, you know what I'm going to do? Because <laughs> she said, every time I ask you for something, you tell me to wait. She said, but I will not hear that you actually are giving somebody something. <laughs> she said, no, I'm not going to wait. <laughs> she said, I know you. So what I'm going to do now is that we will sit down. You will tell me when you do this one now. Because I don't usually like an account that is full. Now, don't follow me. <laughs> I just like, give it out. Just give it. Amen. And God has been kind. Hallelujah. Now, don't follow my example. Don't go and meet your wife and say, we don't like account that is full. <laughs> I'm not your husband. And you are not my wife. <laughs> okay, so don't, don't hear those kind of things. I go and turn into a doctrine. What I'm saying is, you can hear the wrong things. Someone say, oh, no, no, I got born again. We used to go to a mountain. We used to go to a mountain. Ah, but thank God. We don't go to any mountain now. We are the mountain. Eh? <laughs> when Jesus himself went to the mountain, he said, eh, he didn't understand the New Testament. That's what he meant. <laughs> you see, you have heard something else. Now, of course, people go to the mountain and because of ignorance. But you know something? Let's commend the fact that they went there. You, you sat down in your room. Is that not a mountain in itself? <laughs> Somebody has gone somewhere. He has gone to pray 18 hours. You, have, you say he doesn't know the word. But you don't know. <laughs> Morning devotion. You don't say, oh, bro, brother. Even your tongues is not tongues. 
is tongues plus snoring. So as you speak in tongues, interpretation is snoring. And you have, you have the mouth to condemn somebody that went to a mountain to pray for 18 hours. Shame should catch you. Say, we don't go to mountain. We just raise our hands and say, glory, glory, story, story. Mm-mm. 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 You are going to an extreme, a ditch. It's a bad ditch. A terrible one. You know, you can also know evangelism so well. I not even know how to invite somebody to church. So we don't invite. We don't invite. Yet, you knew the word by invitation. We don't invite. Except we do evangelism, we don't invite. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We mustn't put invitation over evangelism. But we must not throw away invitation. In scripture, you heard come and see. In fact, what did Moses say? He says, come with us and the Lord will do you good. You can't tell people to come. So, don't get into any ditch. There is no ditch that is nice. Is that clear? You know, <laughs> I love something. Whenever I hear it, I'm happy. Some folks will say, don't mind that guy. Oh. He's just a great preacher. There's another other grace who say, don't mind that guy. He's a law preacher. I like that. It means I'm serving God. Some will say, this guy is always preaching loyalty, honor, honor. Some other guys will say, he teaches them to dishonor the fathers. You know, it's balanced. <laughs> so, everybody has one. So, it means that, you know, there is nobody's come that I'm paying uh, <laughs> sacrifice to. Do you get it? So, never get into any ditch. I'm saying that because we are going to have a great time this week. Amen. So I'm preparing your mind. Hallelujah. There are things you've never seen in this church before you are going to see. And we are open. We are open to the Holy Ghost. You see, the Holy Ghost is not just rejoicing. Some of you, all you know is just, glory, glory. There is more. You know, woo, woo, woo. Any little thing. You should, we are going to rejoice. We are going to have more. See, more. Uh-huh. So be open. Be open. Are you following what I'm saying? Be open to the moving of the Spirit. Be open to the leading of the Spirit. See what I've done. I opened the text. I didn't get back there. There are meetings like that. It's not every meeting. You say, so let's open to Matthew. Let's open to Mark. Let's open. They are diff- We're going to see it. There are different kinds of meetings. And you will do well to know those meetings and recognize them and know them very well. Usually, what has happened to many of us is we have lost a sense of recognition. Now, I, have, I like how somebody explains it. That, do you know, if I know we are in Africa, where we buy, you know, we buy this, uh, in, my, in my native language, we call it anko. I'll tell you what it means. You know exactly what I'm saying because you do it. When you want to do burial, all of you in your family buy the same cloth. Ah. It's African now. My brother used to hate that thing. He never used to. He never wore it. So we all wear the same thing to celebrate. Now imagine somebody now brings one very expensive material. You say, wow. Because you are seeing it for the first time. You say, wow. You'll be looking at it, looking at it, looking at it. You know, because you are seeing it for the first time. So then it is now in your mind. You know, as you now go out, you now see it elsewhere. 
you won't act like the first time. Because you now can recognize it. Are you following me? For a good number of us, when we lay hold on recognizing the things of the Spirit, when we see it, we won't be surprised again. We won't be surprised. There are movings of the Spirit. Movings of the Spirit. Movings of the Spirit. That sometimes they look weird. Movings of the Spirit. They look extremely weird. And they are there in God's word. Movings of the Spirit. So, it's because you've not seen it before. I mean, the first time I saw someone rejoice in the Spirit and laugh in the Holy Ghost, as we say, I had never seen it before. But you know something that you are going to learn to do? Like I learned. I knew in the inward witness it was of God. I couldn't explain it. I couldn't say, I couldn't, you know, I remember somebody was preaching something. They said, say, we are not like it. We are not like, it was a Bible school I was teaching. So it was not saying, we are not like, you know, people that they pray into water. The water is in us. As soon as, and it was, I was going to teach that class. So I said, interestingly, I pray into water. I still do. You are looking at me and I say, yes. I said, anything you bring, I can pray into it. And they were looking. You know? I said, you know, I pray into cloth. Yeah. Because it's the Bible. Amen. And I've seen people, you know, paralyzed, get off from it because of the cloth. I've seen different things happen. I said, yes. It's because you have not seen it before. <laughs> now, I won't come on the people and say, that cloth is, is, is in me and lost paracletos. That claw, if you have this God, you are blessed forever. I will never do that. Do you get it? That's not God's word. You have strayed into error. But the other error is anybody you see praying into cloth is not of God. Go and change your cloth. You are saying nonsense. <laughs> when the cloth of Jesus transmitted power, and aprons were taken from the bodies of Paul. Where did you get that from? Where did you get it from? That's not Bible. So they, we have to be open to the movings of the spirit. You cannot afford to be ignorant. You know, I was going to say this earlier, but I'm going to say it now. Even for some of us who seemingly have some knowledge, and you know, we don't have all we're growing, amen. Don't let's get to a place where we become familiar. Somebody said something to me one day. It got my attention. Now, I was saying this. So I was just talking about the fact that when I'm going to preach, that I don't, I, I, I was trying to demystify it. Some, some folks, when they go to church, the uh, preachers, you see it in them, you know, they will almost don't greet anybody. They will almost, and, and when the children's children, and be very careful about children in church. You know? In church, you know this is coming to church. If you, if a child comes into the service and just strolls, you can't stop the child. You can't say, don't go, don't go. Why would you explain to the child why he can't go? Say, ah, God is going to be angry with you. Then they say, eh, for what? My teacher hugs me. My uncles hug me, so God cannot hug me. So I always allow them. I have a, like a pastor's place in church. We call it our green room. Everybody has to see protocol to see me, but not the children's church. Anytime they come, I give them my instructions. I say, anytime they come, let them in. They say, I say, I say, anytime. They don't, so they'll just, when I hear them, they'll, they'll, come like a, they'll come like a battalion. You know? I say, it's our place. <laughs> you don't know how Jesus did it. 
That's how Jesus did it. Is that what I get what I'm talking about? Is that very clear? Okay. So, how did I get here? Hmm. I was saying something. Yeah. You, so, that guy now told me that. So, I used to say, I said, no, that, that I don't, I demystify it. I'll just go to church, you know, I'll just teach that. So, he now said something. Because you know, I was doing a contract between those who tried to go to service like this and he said, Good morning, Pastor. So, I was now saying, No. That, so, he now said this and it got my attention. He said, does it not look like overconfidence? I explained it away when he said it. But I knew in my heart what he said required caution. I explained it to him and he said, oh, I understand. But me, I knew what he said required caution. Now, you know, you can feel like you're going to church and, you know, you just be gisting, you just be playing, you know, you know, and you're going for a holy just be... This is only goes when we get there. We flow, and you just be getting the same results because you are loose. Who's following what I'm saying tonight? You just be getting the same results. Meanwhile, in your earlier days, you will have fasted. In your earlier days, as a younger preacher, and I still do it. If I took the doctors to stop me, any time I'm preaching, I'm fasting. Unfortunately, I used to preach 51 weeks. So it's a problem. I'm not just fasting on the day I'm preaching. I'm fasting days before it. That was how in a year, I fasted 265 days. I think it was more. Doctors now called me down. Oh boy, <laughs> the way you are going. In fact, the doctor said you must not fast again. I said, that's not possible, sir. He said, eh, your health, I said, we'll manage it. Give me the natural one. I'll work with it. But you see that one, you can't take it from me. He said, he said, he warned me, warned me, warned me. When he was done, I said, let me say what I said earlier, in case you didn't get it. I can't stop, oh. He said, okay, what you do is that, that one you used to do for 90 days, it's too much. Because I used to do 180 days. He said, ah, no, why not just be doing five days? I said, five days, that's not good now. He said, okay, maybe you should break it down. You're doing 14, seven. I said, can I break down one 18 to four places? He said, maybe six. We're not negotiating, me and the doctor. You, are, you don't know what I get from it now. Someone said, never since I came into Christ, the real message, I don't fast again. I can see it. <laughs> you are so slow, you don't fast. Oh, you didn't get that part. <laughs> oh, fools are slow of heart. <laughs> get my exigences there. <laughs> so I said, no. So you can get very irreverent. You'll be outside. You that when, when you first spoke in tongues, you <laughs> now you're not saying, you say, hello, hello. I said, how now? In the prayer meeting, you are missing out. I we're not going to do that in this meeting. Amen. Amen. We're going to be full of the Spirit. In these meetings, we'll be. We'll be. So, we'll be open to the moving of the Spirit. We'll not take anything for granted. Amen. We won't take anything for granted. Anything. I learned this as a younger Christian. If I'm coming into the service... The last time I'm going to talk to you is at the door. I struggle. Now, sometimes it can be look rude because you have a host. You have to greet people. But I struggle to greet people in the service. Because I want to just be in the service. And you won't find me. It won't happen. If you and I go to a meeting, we'll talk. Our last gist will be at the door. I sit down. I want to get all of it. I want to get all of it. I want to get all of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hope you are getting this. 
So I'm also giving you some things to watch out for and walk in. Praise God. First Corinthians 12. Let's see how far we can go. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I will not have you ignorant. Now, that word ignorant means to be willfully ignorant. And I'll tell you how that can happen. I've dealt with a few things in that order. To be willfully ignorant. The interesting thing about this church that I usually like to say all the time as a caution is that this church, they were not struggling with speaking in tongues. Not at all. In chapter 1 verse 7, Paul says that he knew of this church that they came behind in no gifts. And he used the same word, charisma. So this church is not like they didn't have demonstrations of the Holy Ghost. They actually did. They had it in, in full measure. I mean, it was cautioning how much of tongues they spoke. So the, their issue was not the demonstrations of the Spirit. No, it wasn't. Not at all. So imagine Paul speaking to a church where arguably everybody spoke in tongues. Arguably everybody knew about the gifts of the Spirit. They knew the ministry offices. Then he says, I will not have you ignorant. Which means that you and I can even walk in the gifts of the Spirit and still be ignorant. So knowledge, apart from giving me the information, also gives me wisdom and effectiveness. Is it making clear? You getting clear, sorry. It gives me, sometimes when I hear the word of God, it gives me application. So this church, they were not behind in any gifts. And the word he uses, charisma. The same word we're going to see in 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Manifestation of the Spirit. No, sorry, 12, 4. Diversity of gifts. Then in verse 9, it mentions gifts of healing. Then, again, of course, in verse 29, gifts of healings. In verse 31, convert earnestly the best gifts. So, he said as much. So, which, and he said that in this church, they came behind in no gift. No gift. Not one. And he used the word charisma. So here we are. He's now writing to the same church. Now concerning spiritual gifts. I must also mention that the word gifts is in italics. Which means it's not original. But we're going to find out how legitimate it is later on. I would not have you ignorant. Now, notice what he says there. The word spiritual is a Greek word, pneumaticos, P-N-E-U-M-A-T-I-K-O-S, P-N-E-U-M-A-T-I-K-O-S. Let me tell you what it just means. Things of that pertain to the spirit. Things of that pertain to the spirit. Say things of that pertain to the spirit. Say again, things of that pertain to the to the spirit. So there are things. So there are things. So the, the, when it comes to the Holy Ghost, there are, there are more than one thing. There's more than one thing. There are many things. In fact, if we jump to verse 4, it says, now there are diversities of gifts, plural, but the same spirit. 
in verse 5. There are differences, same word of us actually, of administrations, the same Lord. Verse 6, there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God that worketh all in all. But, verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So there are diversities. Diversities. Which means there are many sides to the moving of the Spirit. There are diversities. Diversities. Now, you and I will do well to know those diversities. To know them. To know them. Yeah, there are many streams that flow with the Spirit. There are many depths, even to one stream. There's a wider width to these streams, such that an experience can lead to another one, then to another one. And in each one, it develops your depth in how to receive and how to bless. Therefore, you must not shut your mind at the sound or the sight of one of the streams, but be open to the diverse movings of the Spirit. Many times in the services, many times when you are the one serving or being served, oftentimes when you are just watching as others are serving, be open to these diversities. Be open to these multiple streams as they come in different flows. There are times that you don't have an explanation. So at those points, you shut your mouth and not walk in any form of dishonor. So you don't shut the flow towards yourself. You rather just keep quiet and wait till a clearer instruction and understanding will come so that you will welcome it if it's the truth or reject it is an error. But do not be presumptuous to say it's the devil only and simply because you don't understand. In hours and moments like this, by faith, you will walk with the things of the Spirit. And as you do it, you won't just see it in others alone. You also see it in yourself. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Let's get back on that. So, there are diversities. For example, there are different kinds of meetings. If you're not careful, you'll be used to one kind of meeting. One kind of meeting. You know, someone was saying one day, he said, look, if, I, if, I, if you say you went to church and you are blessed, I want to know how much of Bible doctrine you understand. Keep quiet and go and sit down somewhere. You know, sometimes those, those things are just arrogant, standoffish. Don't talk like that. There are different kinds of meetings. I'll give you a few. You know, of course, we have what you can call a prayer meeting. I often say that, you know, the primary meeting is a teaching meeting. Let's look at this. A prayer meeting. A prayer meeting is what we do. We just go there to pray. In Matthew's Gospel 17, you know, verse 1, Jesus took Peter, James, and John apart to the mountain to pray. That's a prayer meeting. You know, it wasn't 
He didn't do much of explanation there, except when they asked the question about, you know, should we be tabernacles and all that? They just went there to pray. To pray. That was what they were doing. Just to pray. In Acts 4, remember when they were threatened by the uh, Pharisees or the elders not to preach again in the name of Jesus. In Acts 4, 22 to 23. 23, he says they lifted up their voice in one accord and said, oh God. And they just prayed. They prayed. That's a prayer meeting. In Acts 12, 5, when Peter was behind bars, he says that supplication was made by the church on behalf of Paul or Peter. That's a prayer meeting. They're just praying. And there are instructions like that in the epistles. Ephesians 6, 18, pray without, I mean, praying always. First Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. Colossians 4, 2 and 3, same thing, pray. So we have such instructions to just pray. So there are prayer meetings. Now, every kind of meeting has its own specialty. It's, it's, has its own specialty. Prayer meetings. What we just do, we just pray. We make supplications. We pray for, you know, first, first Timothy 2, 1. First of all, prayer, intercession, supplication, and giving of thanks be made for all men. That's praying. We just pray in those meetings. So those are prayer meetings. But let me tell you an important part of a prayer meeting. A prayer meeting is a natural... Let me say this. I must mention this. I almost didn't want to say it because I felt it wasn't relevant. But right now, I just pointed in my spirit to say it. Anytime, this is Yaka house and all churches here. Anytime God wants, to, God wants to do anything in the earth, he gets us to start praying first. Anytime. Anytime he wants to do anything in the earth, he gets us to start praying first. Anytime. You know, Jesus at the baptism of uh, Luke 3.21 of John, he was praying. When he was going to choose his disciples and apostles, he prayed then came down to choose them. When he was going to the cross, he prayed. It's just, now, in fact, let me add one more. In Luke 2, we discovered there were two people who were praying about the incarnation. Simeon and, of course, Anna, daughter of Fenuel. They were praying. Anytime he wants to do something in the earth, in our churches, the first thing he does, now I will have added one more thing, but that's not my emphasis. He first of all gets us into repentance. Now, repentance doesn't mean you are sorry, no. He he, he addresses our mind to something we are not looking at. So we first get, oh, we've missed it along these lines. And you know what? We'll always be missing it because we are always learning. And we are human, okay? So don't feel bad when you have missed it. Am, am I making sense here? You know? I share this in church that I gave them an emphasis at some point. And I was preaching in Kenya just last year, just about this time last year. And I was preaching. And that was my emphasis. I was just preaching and then the Lord just showed me a vision. I knew I had missed it. I now went back and told I said, I got this wrong. The Lord corrected us. So you, I mean, and because he has something he wanted us to be doing. So there are times just, it just changes your attention. This is not, mm -mm, mm -mm. And that goes, that is why it's good for a pastor to know how to teach the written word and with that know how to be led by the Spirit. To know how to be led by the Spirit. The local church is where the word of God is taught and the Holy Ghost is given a free course. The local assembly. So I said first thing, the prayer meetings. Now I'm going to say something. Anytime God, you see, it's just, it just goes without saying. 
Right? Now look at, do you know that Jesus never told his disciples when he rose from there to pray? He never told them. But the moment he told them, tarry in Jerusalem till you be endued with power from one eye. Luke 24, 49. Acts 1, 8. You shall receive power after which the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Do you know that as soon as they heard that, Acts 1, 15, 16 says they continued in prayer. It goes without saying that if God says anything to you about your life and ministry, there's no boy that has to tell you you have to start praying immediately. They just started praying. You know, we can say it without doubt that the day of Pentecost was a prayer meeting. That's what it was. You just sit down and say, okay, guys, what's going to happen? Just close your eyes. No. It says they continued in prayer and supplication. That was why when the 3,000 got born again, Acts 2, 41, 42 says, they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and prayers. Acts 3, 1, Peter and John went to the temple in the hour of prayer. A church must take its prayer meeting seriously. What did I say? Take your prayer meeting seriously. Your prayer meetings seriously. Prayer meetings. If there are people in the church that just like the teaching meetings, not the prayer meetings, they're not serious Christians. So we have prayer meetings. Let me say it again. Anytime God wants to do anything in the earth, he says us to start what? Praying. <laughs> He's setting you now to pray for somebody who's going to do like eight years down the line. And he's going to set you to start praying now. You just find yourself, you know, do vigils upon vigils. And you think it's for something that's going to happen this year. Nope. Not that it's in next year or the year after. It's about eight years or more. You would have burst something that will happen in eight years now. But it's going to be steady, consistent and prayer. In prayer steady. When he wants to get anything done, the first thing he does in the earth, he gets us praying. Amen. Look at Saul. Nobody had to tell him. You know, he got born again. Or, or let me put it properly. He saw Jesus in Acts 9. He says, go, to told you what you should do. Do you know that he was sensible? He was three days without food. Call it fasting, you are correct. But you know something else? Jesus told uh, um, Ananias, for he prayeth. Without being told, if you know God wants to do something, the first thing you do is what? You start praying. Acts 13, verse 1, says they were in the church at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers. Verse 2 says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work I've called. Now notice verse 2 just says they measured the Lord and fasted. By the time you got to 3, he said, after they had finished praying. What does that mean? He didn't talk about praying in verse 2. But 3 and 4 now says, they, when God told them something, they knew the next thing is to what? Pray. You hear prophecy. Oh, the prophecy says, oh, and this ministry, and you will go forth and say, oh, glory. Oh, God? It's prayer. Anytime 
he sets forth to do something. There will be times in these meetings that he will wind us up into praying. Just pray. And we'll birth things. We'll birth things. <laughs> we'll birth things. We'll, we'll birth things. Birth things. One day, there was no sense community church then. Some of our pastors were in school. And we were praying on the school field. Just a bit of us. We're just praying. And we pray. I didn't remember this until one of them reminded me. And so, 10 years after, the person said that in that prayer meeting, he said, this is what you said. And we saw it 10 years after. He said, this is what you said. I said, oh, I remember so, so, and so. So, he will set you like that. See, guys, look at me. Let's know how to flow with the Spirit. Let's know how to flow with the Spirit. Some things, eh? <laughs> I, know, I know this might make you a bit wonder, get wonder, to wonder or whatever, you know? But did you observe that unusually I have been missing my words? In this, have you noticed it? It never happens normally. It's because of the kind of meeting that it is. <laughs> it's unusual. <laughs> Which means that it's not your typical logical meeting that we're having. Unusually. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know? Yeah, yeah. He's setting it in your heart to do. You know it. You know it. You know it. It could be some years down the line. You just get yourself doing it. They knew they had to pray. Anytime God sets something in the air to do, he'll get us praying. Let me now say this. I say it every time. There are some folks, they will know one-tenth of what you know. But if they can get praying, God will use them before he uses you. They will know one-tenth. They may not even know 0.01%. You see, God trusts the man who prays. Learn to be given to prayer. Learn to be given to prayer. Every time we want to minister without prayer, we are saying we don't need God. So, the first thing, prayer meetings. Prayer meetings. They are different meetings. They are very different. In prayer meetings, we don't just come to come and sing. We come to, you know, lay burdens down. We come to receive God's burdens. We come to, you know, align ourselves with his will in the earth. Second kind of meeting, we have teaching meetings. Where we practically just come to hear the doctrine of the word. In Matthew 5, Jesus began to teach verse 2. By the time he ended it in Matthew 7, verse 28 and 29, People were astonished at his doctrine. Matthew 7, 28. What that is there. For it did not teach like the Pharisees, but our scribes, but as one word authority. That's a teaching meeting. Okay? Where we just come and the word of God is taught and taught and taught. But you see, that's not the only kind of meeting. We have a teaching service. Now, I must mention that a teaching service has high priority. High priority. Because it's from the teaching service that we can know what we are praying about. Now, we have a third kind of meeting. Call it a healing service. A healing service. A local assembly should learn to minister to the sick often. A healing service. You see, it's not every time you'll have to explain healing in a series before people get healed. A, t- a healing service where we just minister to the sick. James 5, 13. He says, is there any afflicted? Let him pray. 
Is there any Mary? Let him sing psalms. Is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Now, of course, that shows you they will come over to his house. Let them anoint him. Pray over him. Anoint him with all in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. James 5, 13 and 14. So we have such things where we just come to minister to the sick. Of course, you see it a couple of times in Jesus' ministry. Luke 5, 17, he ministered to the sick. Matthew 8, 16, the sick were just ministered to. You know, we can go on. The book of Acts has a good number. Just minister to the sick. Just praying for the sick. And we have meetings like that. It's different from a teaching meeting. Now, in praying for the sick, you see the diversities that will happen. I'm saying this ahead of time because we are going to see such kind of meetings in this week. Just pray for the sick. You see things like the, the handkerchiefs and aprons were taken from the bodies of Paul. The body of Paul, sorry, Acts 9, 11, 11 and, like 19, 11 and 12. You see it, and put on the sick and those who were oppressed of the devil. The demons, of course, departed. You see, the, the, you know, the, the Acts 5, where the, uh, the, the shadow of Peter just passing by, and the sick, and those who were possessed of the devil, you know, they were healed. So those are healing meetings. And you know, it has different dimensions. 95. We had this meeting called Dunamis meeting. So this fellow just said, well, if I one recently happened, someone just said to me, said that when you asked us to bring something to pray for the sick, he said, all I had was to record your voice. I recorded what you said when I just said healed. The person did not hear anything else, healed, and took the recording and played to the ears of the sick, and the sick got healed. I wasn't even sure. I wasn't even aware of it. You know, there was one fellow like that. He just, uh, just came. The guy's name is Bisuga. He came for the meeting and he said that his brother, no, his nephew was at home. That the, the guy has been, you know, practically bedridden for weeks. So he didn't have a cloth. He brought a biro pen. I didn't even, I just prayed on it. He took it home. Now, the guy is a pastor now. He's a pastor today. This was, boy was a small boy then. He's a big boy now. <laughs> 1994. And he just put it on him and he got healed. I've had instances. I went to one church like that. And you know, they brought, I said, they brought water to the sea. I said, bring it all. They thought I would I said, no, bring it. Because I pray, I pray into water. If you bring it, I'll pray for it. I pray inside it. You know, and people get healed. You know, we have such kinds of meetings. Such kinds. Of course, we only those meetings that come from false doctrine and say, this water, this water is the spirit. That's nonsense. It's just a point of contact to get people healed. Oftentimes, when I want to pray for someone, someone's at home, say, do you have something you want us to pray over with? I ask people, ah, I have this cloth, bring it. Let's just pray over it together. You know, and I lay hands on it and trust God. You know, I remember one, uh, 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 Pastor Funke, who is one of us, sometimes, uh, some years back, she had this nephew that was just born. She was now told that the nephew, no, 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 that wasn't the story. Uh, that was not the story. I said to her, I said that she was going for the naming ceremony. I said, don't be surprised. It may not hold. She said, yeah, I said, it may not hold. So I took a cloth. said, I'm going to pray on this cloth. And you lay it. She didn't have any information. I said, you lay it on your nephew. Niece, sorry. Lady. Girl. She said, no, no. She's not in university. So I said, lay it on her. So when you get there, there'll be somebody again to the right side of the hospital. I mean, the, hospital, the ward. You put it on the person too. You know the thing about it? As I was praying for her, I said, there's somebody in this house who we should first test it on. The person is also a pastor and a pastor. Precious, that's her name. So I took the cloth. She said, she said ah, yes, there's this thing that muscles. She's been alive for weeks. Put it on me. And I think, oh, here, so you can see. With, with, you know, when you want to do jazz, you must test it on somebody. 
you just watch those movies, stop that nonsense. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> you text us and say, yeah, bah, bah, yeah, 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 go and use it. So <laughs> you went there, and that was it. Just a cloth. The cloth is as useless as anything. You get it. As useless as Chelsea, but it's fine. You think you will hear about it today? It's not possible. <laughs> Anything like, even by the Holy Ghost, I will say it. <laughs> My light, light, so like, what are you talking about? So she took it, you know, <laughs> laid it on the sick. And that happened. Even as a person, there was a time like that, I was really ill. I, I just took water. I prayed inside it. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I take this, I'll be healed. And I did it, and I was healed. So, they are, now, I won't say this water is as useless as anything. It's at that point, a point of contact. Amen. Be open to the moving of the Spirit. So, we have healing meetings. Okay? Now, we have outreach services. Where what we do is just take the word out to the sea. It's also a meeting. We'll go out into the world. And we just reach people. We'll get them born again. You know, that's another kind of meeting. Now, for every meeting, there is a different kind of rule. A different kind of rule. You know, a different kind of rule for every meeting. Now, a prayer meeting, and you are carrying uh, three translations. You are not ready to pray. What are you prayer meeting? You have pen, biro, pen, and notes. For what? See, we had the prayer points. You are not ready to pray. <laughs> That's not a prayer. Now, if you also go for a, a teaching service, you have to have your Bible, right? <laughs> you don't say a teaching service and say, oh... Uh, that's not, you are not ready for a teaching service. In the Holy Ghost, so there are different things that you have to do. But Hagen wrote a book, Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits. You see, we must learn to do things according to plan. This is what God wants us to do here. So we have outreach services. Now, we also have something we... I usually didn't talk about this one, but I'll say it now. We have ministers' meetings. Now, notice that there were times... I've said it here before. Where Jesus had things he said to the, to the multitude. He had things he said only to his own disciples. He had things he said only to the 70. He had things he said only to the 12. Now wait. He had things he said only to the 3. Now he had things he said only to Peter. So which means that there are special meetings like that. In Acts 15... When there was, of course, Acts 13, 1 and 2 is a special meeting. It's a minister's meeting. Acts 20. And you know, something about those meetings. Imagine this. Those meetings that the people are very sensible. When Jesus rose from the dead, no, before he rose from the dead, he told his disciples, don't tell anybody. And he did not tell anyone. In fact, let me say this. When he called Peter, Jesus, and John, and he went for transgression, he said, tell no man. I'm sure he didn't tell the other seven, the other nine. He didn't tell them. Let's get to a point where we are that smart. You see, God, who is the God of all flesh, withholds information. He does it. So, now let me say one that might get your attention. When he rose from the dead, he rose from the dead. You know, they were eager to go and say, mm -mm. Tarry, wait. Wait. Do you know that in the approximately Let's put that 40 days that he spent with them. Look at that number. Those outside did not know. They didn't know. Nobody went on his Facebook. Guys, 
Something is happening here. Nobody got up and said, Oni, don't tell anybody. Jesus I came. Jesus alive. So because you know, because we are one flesh, I have to tell you. Honey, Jesus has ah, hey, in fact, he's been teaching us. Don't tell don't tell anybody. It's true. Now of course I pray. Hmm. Ha. You know, we thank God for God is the God of miracles. So. Keep this one. No. It's my husband. He told me this is a very confidential thing. Because you are my friend. We've been buddies since primary school. I have to tell you. Jesus was one of them. So there's something in discipleship that anybody listening to this order, you know what we don't know what I just did. They kept quiet until when it was necessary. Are you following this? They kept quiet. So they had meetings. So in Acts 15, when they had this doctrinal problem, verse 5 says that it was the elders and the apostles. The elders and the apostles. It's a special meeting. In Acts 20, 17, Paul called for the elders of the church. Usually when people read that Acts 20, they say, uh, 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 um, let me say, the Acts 20, 28. Uh, that's uh, 2032. I commend you to God, to the word of his grace, that's able to build you up and give you an inheritance. And uh, among that sanctified is a minister's meeting. So you think he's talking about inheritance, a new job. That's not what he's talking about. The ministers understood what he was saying. It was a minister's meeting. It's more blessed to give than to receive. It's a minister's meeting. So we have special meetings. So a local church can have a meeting where all of us are just workers. And what we say there is for all of us there alone. The last one, I will just close on that. Amen. Is a Holy Ghost all believers meeting. Holy Ghost believers meetings. Holy Ghost believers. The old timers used to call it revival meetings. It's fine. The old timers who call it revival meetings where they expect demonstrations of the glory of God as believers come together. There are such meetings. On the day of Pentecost, for example, is a kind of meeting like that. You know? When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place, in one accord. And suddenly, verse 2, there came a sound from heaven. As a rushing mighty wind, he filled all the house where they were seated. And there appeared to them, Acts 2, 3, clothing tongues of fire, sat up on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, verse 4, as the Holy Ghost, or the Spirit gave them utterance. See what happened. It wasn't anything typical of what we're doing tonight. Something just, pump, suddenly. Then they were all full of the Holy Ghost. Such meetings happen. Such meetings exist. Where there is just a demonstration of the spirit. And one good thing about it is that everybody can participate in it. That's the good part of it. Acts 14, 26. Paul gave the instruction, when you come together. When you, I would say, brethren, when you come together and every one of you has a psalm, has a doctrine, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. We have such meetings. When we come together and we just allow the flow of the Spirit. Now, let me tell you something about that kind of meeting. That kind of meeting can incorporate everything we have said earlier. That is the good part of it. It's like the wholesale. In a Holy Ghost meeting, you can have a teaching. But it's at the inspiration of the moment. In a Holy Ghost meeting, we can have people get healed. We can pray. In a Holy Ghost meeting, we can have those who would, just like Acts 14, Sorry, 1 Corinthians 14. Paul says, you know, 
when the whole church comes together, there's one that is unsaved will come in amongst you. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 24, 23 and 24. So we see that it's possible for some ministers to also have people who are not saved to be born again. So we have, we can have healing services. We can have just prayer meetings. It can, it can, it can lead to a prayer meeting. But the key thing is, follow this. The word of God is preached, just like I'm doing tonight. The Holy Ghost is giving a free course. Free course is free course. Which means we would allow the Holy Ghost to just move. To just move. To just move. Amen. Amen. Look at me here. It can just move. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. 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 I mean, it can just move. Move where you are. It can just move. It can just move. A free course. A free course means to allow, <laughs> allow his demonstrations. Allow his demonstrations. Allow his demonstrations. You know the Holy Ghost can just come on you to run. Can come on you to laugh. Can come on you to just quiet. The Holy Ghost can come on you and you just fall into a trance. Yes, now. Now. And you begin to see things because we are going to see things in these meetings. <laughs> you know, some of you are waiting for me to point at you. Why? I don't have to point at you because I know you are sensitive. You know you are. <laughs> a free course. A free course. A free course. A free course. We are not bottling anything up. We are not holding back. We are not holding back. We are not holding back. We welcome trances. We welcome angelic appearances. We welcome manifestations. We welcome the glory of God. We welcome anything God wants to do. Ha. Ha. Yeah. 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 Hey, we welcome all that he wants to do. No holding back. No holding back. No holding back. Bodies are removed. No holding back. We welcome, we welcome diversities. We welcome, we welcome diversities. Brother, pray for us. Maybe that will help brethren. We welcome diversities. Yeah. 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 We do. We welcome visions. You know? Someone, listen to this. Listen to this. Someone asked me a question. He said, when we are in meetings, why does God show us stuff? I said, ah, it's your father. He's just playing with you. He's just, 
I'm just showing you, okay? We are here now. There will just be some things. It's, it's just to show that, look, there's something supernatural here. I saw a sister one time. Her leg was glued to the floor for about over an hour. Someone said, why did God do I said, I don't know. He's just telling us we, we did here. <laughs> I love that song. We are standing on holy ground. And there are angels all around. You know, the church is holy ground. We are standing on holy ground. And things are happening in holy ground. Yeah. From today through to Sunday morning. This is holy ground. Holy ground. Events are replaced. Holy ground. Events are super played. So expect. You know? You see things. There was a prophet in the scripture that says his tongue was just tied. He just couldn't speak for a while. Why? It's just the move of God. Saul of Tarsus just couldn't see for his. He was not blind. Why? It's just a move of God. You know, some guy just has supernatural, just a move of God. We are open to all. We are open to all. See, Sunday morning, by the time we're done in these meetings, many things we're bothered about will be gone. Gone for good. You won't be able to explain why. It's just a move of the Holy Ghost. That's what's going on. That's what's going on. The moving of the spirit. So we are open. We are open. We are open. We are open. Amen. So let's do something for one minute. Because pastor, I want us to get the best of this meeting. There are things that you have criticized before. And they are the things of God. I know you know them. Let's just thank God for those things now. Things you've criticized. Because we want to see them. Thank God for those things. Thank God for those things. Because we are going to see them. Oh yeah. 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 Hey, you guys here, raise your hands. You here, raise your hands. Yep, yep. The Holy Ghost comes on you now. Yep, 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 yep. Back there, yeah. I said, You guys here, you raise your hands. Say, I receive, I receive now, yeah. yeah. What about you here? Raise your hands. Say, I receive. Say I receive now, now. 
sure you are not watching anybody. Don't watch people. You don't have a job to watch anyone. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Yay! Yay! Open up, open up, open up, open up, open up! You know, we're going to have new manifestations individually, myself inclusive. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. And it will set you on the right course. Sometimes, you know, those things just makes you bolder. You are just, there's just this supernatural confidence you have. In a Holy Ghost meeting. Never be against experiences. The scriptures are a book of experiences. Real ones. Real ones. So in these meetings we are open. As we are teaching, somebody will fall into a trance. As we are ministering. You, you see different things happen. You could have <laughs> Yeah, yeah, brother, come on. Yeah, yeah, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Asha. Asha. I swear, I swear, Lord, I swear. Getting into this is we'll, we'll push, we'll push. It's awesome, yeah. Well, we push in the greater dimensions 
It's for the young and the old. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. A Christian life has to have experiences. Supernatural experiences. Because you are born of the Spirit. You flow with that Spirit. You know, I was telling someone. I said, you know, how can a Christian not understand the supernatural? The very thing you believed that God raised Jesus from the dead is supernatural. That you believe in God itself is supernatural. So you can't take one and drop the others. Believing in God is superstitious to common sense. But I care not for common sense. There's more to life than the sin world. There is the unseen world. There's a supernatural realm. I want to get involved. I want to see things that my eyes cannot see. I want to hear things my ears cannot hear. I want to walk in realms. I want to. I want to be able to say something that didn't come to my head. I want to be able to say something that I did not know by someone telling me. I want to be able to, to walk in the death. I want to be able to be in a room and you will not know I've left that room. Yes. I'll be in a room and I've left the room. And I'm 6,000 kilometers away from you. I'm somewhere in South Africa. I'm seeing something and I'm coming back to Accra. This is the Christian life. And Lord, we welcome it. In all these meetings, the morning sessions, the evening sessions, all the sessions, Take us farther. Take us further. Take us deeper. Take us wider. Our lives will never remain the same again. We welcome rich, vital experiences by the power of the Holy Ghost. It will touch our in all areas of our lives, our ministries, our careers, our business, our families, our bodies, our nation our cities as we open ourselves to the supernatural in this room in this place as we are gathered we are in this room in this room Come on. The waters of his rain, rivers of his glory. Believe in his story. Hey, he's alive. Rivers of his love in this meetings, oh God, oh God, oh God. Yes, Jesus. 
Oh God. 